Hello, everyone. You're listening to Elisa Unfiltered Living Life Out Loud, the podcast. My name is Elisa Curry-Lowitz, and I'm here today speaking from the heart to inspire and motivate you to be your best self. There is so much more to life than the nine to five daily grind, and I want to share all of my secrets with you. So let's get started. How's everybody doing? Today it is Wednesday, January the 15th, 2020. It's also my sister Yash's birthday. Woo! Happy birthday, Yash! If you follow her on IG, her handle is at girlrun, so make sure you give her a big happy birthday. January 15th is a special day in my heart. <laughs> um, just because it's Yash's birthday, obviously. And it's really great because I'm on the mic this morning. Anyhow... This past two weeks has gone by so fast. Does anyone else feel that way? I mean, I feel like I talk about time all the time, especially when I start a podcast. Um, Like, even looking back, it seems like I just snapped my fingers and two weeks went by. But then on the other hand, a lot can happen in two weeks. And in my world, so much is going on in my brain and in my body and literally all around me. So... That's what I want to talk about for today's show. I have no idea how long this episode is going to be. It might be really short, uh, but who knows? It might be super long because I'm just going to ramble about the growth that has been happening in me lately. And in that, I want to celebrate the growth. I have a lot of inspiration coursing through my veins right now, which is is a really nice change. And I don't think we as a society really celebrate and share the good stuff and the what happened and the how did you actually deal with that type of dialogue. We just make a lot of assumptions about what happens to us when we face crisis um, and then feel lost when we're facing it ourselves because we don't really know what to do with it. So I believe we don't share this stuff enough, those intimate details of our responses, of our reactions to certain situations that we face, uh, be them, uh, be them sad, be them, you know, guilt, be them those negative emotions that we face in our lives. So because it, 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 it puts us in a vulnerable place, a place for people to judge us and hold our reactions against us. So I'm breaking down the walls today. What else is new? <laughs> because I want to share with you a little bit more um, into the the actions I've taken to heal myself over this past month, specifically the last two weeks, and uh, how I'm finding myself again and showing up for myself again, uh, especially now because it's fresh in my mind. It's fresh and things are always evolving. So I want to share this. Let me get into it. Last episode, uh, I spoke a little bit about my breakup with Michael and what that experience did to me. This week, I need to share how that experience has evolved on an emotional level, uh, a physical level, and on a mental level. All the levels. Every level. (laughs) So I'm just going to get right into it here. I think though to start I should recap a little bit from last episode and what happened over the Christ- over the Christmas break in my world. Um I was thinking about sugarcoating it a little bit, but that's not really my style. I may leave some things out because I'm just I don't know, still trying to like understand why I did those particular things. Um but otherwise the month of December was fucking rough in my world. Like wow. On all the levels. And it's interesting what happened to me because Michael and I, Michael and I had been only dating for six months. And that's not really like a long time. Um, but I had this really, really deep connection to him in a lot of ways. And when he told me he wanted to end the relationship, he had his reasons. I understood them. However, I was like, So it was so, I was so completely, it was so completely unexpected from my perspective that I like just could not believe it. And I took the breakup 
personally, very personally. I made it personal, meaning even though his decision had nothing to do with me, I, in my brain, made it about me, okay? So I couldn't separate myself from him or my desire to have a certain outcome from the relationship. Like I wanted things in the relationship, which is fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But I like was very much attached to those outcomes. Um, and without me really knowing, I had I had developed like serious attachments to him, which was creating expectation and obligation and blah, 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 blah. And I was taking responsibility for him, for his action. I was making his choice about me. Is that bad? No, I'm not saying that is bad. I mean, people all over the world do this all the time. I do this. Uh, this is how I'm conditioned. However, this is something that I've I've been working on big time. How often do we make other people's choices about us? How often do I make someone else's behavior about me? The answer is a lot. <laughs> okay? I do it more more times than I even know. I'm not even aware that I'm doing it half the time. I try to take responsibility for other people all the time. I try to do it. I take responsibility or I try to take. Why? Because this is what I've learned to do. However, in doing this, I'm avoiding taking responsibility for myself. This is kind of a message that I've been talking about a bit more so because I'm understanding it a lot more and understanding what taking responsibility for myself even really looks like. Talk about this on my podcast and on social media, in my blog posts. It's a, it's a really interesting thing to be able to separate yourself from someone else, even for a moment, even for that glimpse. So let me explain this a little bit deeper. During um, the three years uh, that I was single right before I started dating Michael, I worked on my practice of discovering myself and relearning how to love myself in a new way and make good choices for myself. And I began to understand that when I am full of love and full of acceptance within, I can see that nothing is ever personal, right? So when someone does something, it's never about me ever because they are not me. They have their own reasons for their own behaviors. And by behaviors, I mean, even from like facial expressions, right? When people give you a face or to career choices, to reactions to some stimulant or a situation, to addictions to everything. So if someone makes a weird face at me, it's not because of me, it's because of them. What they're, what the thoughts that are happening in their brain, I have no control over that. That is not me. They are doing that because of the shit that's going on in their own brains. So in the book, The Four Agreements, Don Miguel Ruiz actually writes, and this is a power, this was really a powerful uh, quote. He says, you are never responsible for the actions of others. You are only responsible for you. How basic, how beautiful is that? And it's a magical quote slash agreement to adopt in your life because when someone comes at you with emotion, be it frustration, guilt, anger, you can see that it comes from within them. You are not responsible for this no matter what words come out of their mouth. When we have the awareness that nothing is ever personal, what people say to us, that energy of the, of the words, they just sort of pass through you. They go through you and you can, you know, that energy doesn't stick within you. It's, it's not about us. The level in which we love ourselves and respect ourselves will, you know, really dictate our own personal response. How much awareness we have that nothing is ever personal will really dictate how we hold space for other people during their emotional times uh, or during their peril, <laughs> whatever that is. And that's not to say that when someone breaks up with you that you have to be an emotionless robot. No, that's not what I'm saying at all. It's okay to be sad and even mourn the loss of the relationship. Like it hurt, I was in pain. However, when we see that it's not personal, it does give us a freedom to choose. Yes, it's okay to cry and be sad. Yes, it was okay for me to have those emotions. However, 
because I took it personally and I made it about me, it added an enormous layer of unnecessary suffering to the situation. Okay. So again, when Michael said he wanted to have time alone and out of their relationship, I figured that he wanted to do, he wanted to figure out his own life and have some personal work. And on many levels, I understood that and I could relate to how he was feeling. But then I let the victim in me take over and wow, I quickly shifted into this really intense downward spiral of self-hatred. Okay, again, I made it about me. I manipulated his words in my brain. Okay, so during those times I was alone, I would I would manipulate the words that he said in my mind. So my mind, my thought process, my ego, whatever you want to call it, had me convinced that the breakup was because I sucked. I was not worthy of love, that no one would ever love me, and that he's just saying it's not you, it's me, bullshit, you know, because he doesn't want to hurt my feelings. And the truth was that I'm not good enough and he is looking for someone else and he wants to have sex with a bunch of girls and he hated sex with me and blah, blah, blah. Like I would go down this like crazy road of all the things, the reasons why he didn't want to be with me. Okay. So this was how I was thinking almost immediately. And the funny part is, is that Only a few days beforehand, I was thinking that like this was when we were together or yeah, we were still in relationship. I was thinking I finally met someone who understood me and could hold space for me to live the way I wanted to live and support me and be there for me. And that's like, that's what I thought. And on the side, all of those things might have been true in that moment. I don't want to take away from that moment because it was a very beautiful moment and special and it holds space in my heart today, even though things have changed. Like those moments are beautiful and should be cherished regardless of what's happening today in this moment. Um, But yeah, I thought I had done the work and found the love of my life and that this relationship was going to be different because it was different or at least it felt different to me, you know, there's two individuals coming together here and for an epic romantic experience, an epic life experience together. That's how I felt that it was. So when Michael chose to leave that, I, I understood, but then I very quickly manipulated the situation. I took it personally and decided that the reason had to be like, it had to have been because I sucked or because I was like, he didn't like me and there was something wrong with me and it was me. I'm the problem. Um, it was the only logical explanation at the time that my brain could like think because we like always try to justify why people do things and we make it about us. Okay, we always just make it about us. I've, there, there's been a lot of situations in my life where people, you know, it's easy to see from the outside what's going on. But when you're inside, like when your feelings are hurt, it's easy to think that the only logical explanation for this behavior is because of you. You know, for me, I thought I was a big loser. I'm undesirable. I'm unlovable. The end period. That's it. (laughs) Okay. So after he broke up with me, it was a giant blur. I think I talk a little bit about this last episode, but you know, rumors started to fly. People were messaging me from all over the place. I wrote a post on Uh, and posted on Instagram, which to be honest, I can barely even remember. Um, I was out of it. I just, I I was so deep into my self-loathing that I can't even believe I did that. But I remember thinking it was just to tell everyone that we had broken up and to sort of like alleviate the pressure from the rumors that were going around and to end some conversations that I kept having with people. Like, um, Everyone just wanted to know why and everyone wanted to ask me a million questions, which I get. I just didn't want to talk about it. Uh, So I wrote the post. I texted with a few people and then I spent as much time as I could alone. Yes, it was the Christmas break. And yes, I spent those key days with my family. I think there was like four days total that I was with family and friends. Um, Also, two of my best girlfriends also made dinner for me one night, which was awesome. Um... I had another girlfriend reach out to me for tea. Uh, Side note, it's really interesting to observe how people in your life show up for you when you're in crisis. Some of my bestest, bestest friends or friends that I thought were my best friends 
you know, haven't even seen me yet. So it's very interesting. It's been a month. Um, it's almost like you get to know who your real friends are and who's willing to show up for you and help you when you're in the worst place ever. Not blaming anyone here or judging for that matter. It's actually a really interesting thing to observe and a lesson for me in empathy for when others are struggling. Like how can I show up for my friends better? Um, interesting. Anyways, back to the story. So outside of the key holiday days, I spent virtually all of my time alone and I was drinking <laughs> alcohol. <laughs> I would get drunk every single day. In fact, I drank three two fours of this like epic vodka soda brand that I love. It's called Neutral. I don't know if anyone drinks neutrals out there, but they're like my favorite. This is not an ad. I'm not like in any way affiliated with them. I just really like them. Um, so I had three two fours. That's over 70 tall cans of vodka soda in two weeks. I would drink alone. I would ball my eyes out. I would lay on the couch and binge watch Netflix alone. This is like the place I went to, the headspace. Uh, and I, I couldn't put myself together to be social. I just wanted to be alone and drunk and avoiding myself. I couldn't even stand myself. And I was also eating pizza, like I said in the last episode. Um, I went from feeling, you know, this so much love and having like these rituals of self-love and compassion to so much hate for myself through this breakup that it actually really like shocked me in many ways. I, 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 yeah, I forgot how mean I can be when I live in that place of fear, okay, because the bottom line was that I was afraid, okay, and I couldn't see this at the time, I can see it now, but I was afraid, and I didn't want, I didn't want to break up at all, I loved Michael, I loved him in a way that I can honestly say I've never loved another person, which is a beautiful thing, and I was always myself with him and I showed up for myself in our relationship more than I have ever in the past. And I I didn't want to give myself away like that, you know, I like I had done in so, so many relationships. And we had a really healthy, deep and fun, you know, moments together, deep conversations. So when it was over, I was afraid, I was scared. And I let that fear control my behavior. I let it happen. It wasn't his fault. He was just doing what he felt was best for him. And my response was my responsibility. This I have learned is my automatic reaction uh, in life. That when I'm afraid, I need to avoid the fear, avoid the pain, bury it, act like everything is fine. Right? Um, I'm not sure if anyone can relate to that. Um... But the present moment is just so painful that I need to like numb myself to it. Very interesting to observe. Um, and it's so that that lesson is so clear in my mind these days. In the moment, though, not so clear. <laughs> um, but yeah, hands up if you respond to embarrassment or shame or crisis in a similar way. Yeah, I feel like I just saw a lot of hands go up. Anyways, this this time around, I wasn't actually acting like everything was fine. I, I couldn't, you know, I wasn't acting fine because I wasn't fine and I couldn't even pretend to be fine. However, I was avoiding myself big time. Uh, I was so mean. I was so low. I was so deep in my sorrow and self-loathing that I couldn't, I could hardly, I could hardly stand my thoughts. I couldn't stand being with myself. And that's why uh, I would crack the first vodka uh, at like 10 a.m., 11 a.m. every day. I It was it was in my numbing agent. <sighs> now, last episode was January 1st, so exactly two weeks ago. I mentioned that I was on the other side of this at that point. So that was true. Um, at the time I recorded the podcast, I was able to find some peace of mind in my day. Uh, however, what I didn't tell you in the last episode is how that happened, okay? Or should I say, excuse me, how I got out of like the funk? What kicked me out of my victim mode? 
So this is what happened. It was December 31st, so New Year's Eve. Uh, I had already decided that I wasn't going to go out with my friends. I didn't want to talk about the breakup and my mental and emotional space was like so up and down that the thought of like having to go out and party and pretend to be happy for New Year's was like literally my worst nightmare. So I was like honoring myself in that regard. I planned on staying home. Um, I woke up that day on the 31st. I ate pizza for breakfast. I watched Netflix. I pined over what the hell I was going to do for my podcast because I knew I had to record my podcast the next day. Um, I was considering quitting the podcast. I was super overwhelmed. Uh, you know, my state of mind was like so, so bad. I mean, it was really up and down at that point. I did a lot of work, um, because I had to get my work done for my clients like I did have a job and I had to show up in that space. So I would get up really early and like work for four or five hours and then like crack a, crack a drink. So by the time 5 p.m. rolled around, um, I hadn't left my couch all day except to like go to the bathroom and grab more food or beverage. Uh, I did order a pizza for dinner because I ran out. So I grabbed a vodka soda and I put three giant slices on my plate. And here's the interesting thing. When I finished the last bite of pizza... Yes, I ate all three giant slices, um, which isn't a bad thing. It just, you know, it was a lot of food. The moment I swallowed the last bite, I was like hit in the face with this like overwhelming feeling. I was like figuratively punched right in the face by myself. (laughs) I, I had this like crazy aha moment. It was like swallow and then overwhelm this like awakening moment again it like this was so crazy the voice that came to my mind it was it was my voice my voice came into my mind and said elisa that's enough it was strong and powerful it was this crazy message that immediately kicked me like like just snap me right out of my funk. I like immediately snapped out of it. Oh my God. It was like this, I don't know, this like awesome feeling. I felt like I was, I I felt instantly sober to be honest and aware and alive in my body for the first time. I, I just, I could see the destructive behavior I was doing and without judgment, I just allowed myself to be immediately forgiven, uh, from, from the last two weeks, my behavior, from the breakup, from everything. And from that moment forward, I, I was like, I was like back. (laughs) And that was New Year's Eve 2019. So basically two weeks after the breakup, I had my second spiritual awakening, if you want to call it that, ever. The first one was back in 2009. I've spoken about it before. It was when I looked myself in the mirror and said, Alisa, what the fuck are you doing? Um, and this one was Elisa, that's enough. The set, like, it's kind of this, like, it's, it all sounds super woo woo and crazy. I get it. But the message was so loud and clear that it like changed me. I came back into the moment. I came back to who I was and I'm, 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 I started to love myself. It was like this fill, like I just, I filled myself with love and I immediately detached myself from what I was doing and had this like really strong urge to be healthy. I needed, I had this feeling that I needed to be healthy. And I realized that this message that came to me wasn't that it didn't come to me with like a a giant instruction book on how the hell to get over the pain because there was still pain inside of me. Um, there's still hurt. Um, it didn't, like, it was just, Elisa, that's enough. There was no, what the fuck do I do next sort of thing. It's like, it was just this, you know, my inner self attempting to wake up and see that my behavior was self-destructive and it was time to let go and move on. So that brilliant message, it was like 5.30 PM on the 31st. I'll never forget it. It like humbled me. I was like immediately grounded. I knew that it was time to smarten up and to start giving myself a break and change the story. Now, in the moment this happened, I realized that I have a choice 
in how I live my life. I have a choice in how I'm going to honor myself and show up every day for myself. I couldn't see that before because I was like in that victim mode. I was so in my head, so many assumptions, so much judgment, so much, you know, inner bullshit dialogue. It's like all of that completely went away. Um, you know, those thoughts that everything's so hard and so unfair and it was so confusing. Like, but I believe that all of those thoughts are all part of my shift though. Like I needed to feel those negative things and be confused and have those confusing feelings because it allowed me to go deeper into myself. Okay. In the moments, it's hard to see that. It really is because I was just like digging the hole deeper and deeper and just secluding myself more and more and being, you know, swallowed up in my grief. But I like that is part of it. It allowed me to see that there is more in me to heal and that the breakup was just like the tipping point, you know, to open the door to a lot of old pain and feelings of abandonment that I had experienced as a child and growing up. And I, I need to pay attention to this and honor this. Okay. Has anyone else ever felt this way? Like when a super strong message comes to you and you feel compelled to shift in a new direction, like when you know that what you're doing is not serving you anymore. And when you know that you are abandoning yourself or avoiding yourself and you know, putting blame on the closest people around you so that you don't have to take responsibility for yourself. This was that, okay? This, yes, it all began when Michael made a decision that he was, you know, done. And that was completely out of my control. However, it is It is like it began that way, but it's going to finish with me taking responsibility for myself and with me healing myself and letting go of the quote unquote illusion of control that we have in this world. It's an illusion. (laughs) That's a big one for me. I don't know if anyone else got goosebumps there, but I just did that everything is an illusion. So that was like my starting point. So I began to honor myself. I meditated for the first time that night on the 31st. I went to bed super early, like at 9 p.m. I woke up the next day, which just so happened to be 2020, and started the year on this like really scary, neat, exciting path to self-respect and love again. And that was that. So now, (laughs) the problem with drinking 75 neutrals in two weeks uh, and eating pizza every single day is that your liver and your body take a massive beating. Mine, it was massive, massive. I was so sick. Okay, so yes, I had this like mental and emotional inspiration and I had a plan. Okay, I had a plan and I, you know, I was ready for it, but my body felt so sick. I was sick to my stomach. I was sick in my joints. Uh, I had like a headache every single day, which by the way, would only go away when I started drinking again. You know, like how that happens. <laughs> it's like this magical thing that you believe you start to believe that alcohol heals everything. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, it doesn't. Um, I felt like absolute shit. Um, I didn't, uh, go to the gym. I hadn't run for like four weeks. I, I'd honestly, I gained 10 pounds over the holidays. Anyone else with me out there? <laughs> and it was like not gaining 10 pounds, enjoying my time. It was gaining 10 pounds, uh, punishing my body. Those are two very, very different things. Um, I was so bloated. Um, I wasn't fitting into my clothes anymore. My I couldn't zip up two pairs of my jeans that I wore every single day of my life. Like I couldn't do them up. I had no energy. Um, very little creativity or motivation to do my job properly. This is all like the results of my behavior, okay? And I couldn't see it at the time, okay? I just thought this was quote-unquote normal. Um, And I felt almost exactly the same as I did back when I was 230 pounds and at rock bottom in 2009, so 10 years ago before like that first wake-up call. 
So this was like my weird 10 year challenge this year. Let's talk about that for a second because like to experience the weight of my self-destructive behavior and learn from it and change the story is kind of a really neat coincidence that, you know, almost exactly 10 years ago, I was going through the same thing. Uh, it looked a little differently than it did, but uh, it's just it's just this really funny thing. <laughs> But fuck, I was like killing myself, okay? Uh, I felt so sorry for myself and I made really, really, really bad choices. And it, again, it wasn't Michael's fault for doing these things. It was my fault. I was 100% responsible for my behavior. I was like hating on myself and so I treated myself with hate. I abused alcohol and food and now my body was paying the price. And I, I have been hungover before, but this was not that. <laughs> This was like a full body plea to get healthy. I mean, I know people out there have felt that plea before, um, that this is enough feeling. I had it. It was so strong, like stronger than I've ever felt anything before. It was so big. I'm repeating myself. <laughs> now, normally I am a fairly healthy person. I'm a fairly healthy Couldn't speak that. Anyways, I'm active. I eat healthy, you know. Uh, according to the books, I make good choices. I sleep really well. I put like a huge emphasis on sleep. I know I'm a troll without it. You know, I have a strong awareness practice and a strong self-love practice. Uh, I am obviously always building on this, meaning like all things uh, we ebb and flow. However, shockingly, this experience showed me that maybe... I wasn't doing all the right things for myself. It got me questioning things. Maybe I was putting my body up against some really big unseen challenges. So maybe I was distracted and I missed a few warning signs. Okay, that's okay. I'm giving myself some compassion for that. Um, for example, I've spoken about this in depth in uh, the episode called The Comeback. Uh, part one and part two, there's two parts. And that episode uh, early last year when I was experiencing the death fatigue syndrome, uh, symptoms. I had, I, that, that's, my own, uh, that's my own term, by the way, death fatigue, because <laughs> I felt like I was dying. Um, I had like the most incredible pain in my body, super low energy, like crazy fatigue symptoms that were building over five years. And I thought I had chronic fatigue syndrome. I like started practicing Ayurveda, which changed my life. But what I also did was change some of like the nasty habits I was doing. I started drinking various herbal teas and taking care of myself a little differently with Ayurveda. Small changes made a big difference. It was super easy too, super easy to do. I experienced um, immediate results, which was like awesome. Don't you love when you change things and immediately you feel better? It's like, oh, okay, this is perfect. <laughs> but then I kind of sort of started to lose it. Um, as the seasons changed, so did my Ayurveda rituals and some of them just didn't feel right anymore. And lo and behold, my death fatigue symptoms started to like creep back into my life. No, it was not the same. No, they weren't as bad, but they were there, okay? So why am I telling you all of this? I'm telling you because this wake-up call is more than just a quote-unquote get over my ex uh, wake-up. No, not even close. It's way bigger than that. This was my body talking. This whole experience has led me down the road back to me. <laughs> I lost myself a little bit there for a bit, which is okay, but I lost myself and I forgot how to take care of myself or what is in my best interest, okay? And to be honest, I just wanna feel good. I wanna feel energized and happy and fulfilled and loved. And I realize that's not gonna happen every single day of my life. Uh, but however, this, I, this whole experience from beginning to end here, I know I need to approach my body and how I fuel my body with, um, I don't know, like a, a, a greater sense of compassion, pay attention a little bit more to the feelings I have because they build and then I explode. 
that's kind of the my pattern. I'm 38 years old. I've repeated this pattern more than twice, three, four times in my life at varying degrees. But you know, I need I need to pay attention to it and have some compassion and you know, make some better choices. So this is what I did <laughs> on January 1st. I recorded my episode, posted it, and uh for the record, this was not a New Year's resolution. It's just coincidental that all of this happened. But I began an overhaul of my diet. So I decided to do this Wild Rose liver detox. I did the Wild Rose herbal detox earlier in December, which I felt great doing, but I wasn't totally great. But I did feel great. So I did the liver one, uh, which actually ends today. It's uh, 15 days. Um, and I eliminated any and all stresses to my body effective immediately. So since January the 1st, um, I've eaten no gluten, no dairy, no sugar, no alcohol, no processed food, no eggs. Eggs is a big one. No uh, vinegar, no vegetable oils, um, except for olive oil. And when I say no vinegar, no apple cider vinegar either. Uh, No fake food, no junk, period. Yes, this is extreme. What can I say? I'm a bit extreme. (laughs) My mom always tells me that like I have the willpower. I have like so much willpower. And she talks about my willpower and discipline and how it's like unlike anyone. She just can't believe how much willpower I have. But what I feel, in other words, why I'm able to exercise my will so easily, especially in circumstances like this, is like I just have this overwhelming sense of love in my body to get healthy you know it's like an instinct so any parents out there I I I think this is the only way I can relate to that like do you have trouble exercising your will to take care of your kids especially when they're sick think about when your kids are sick and they feel shitty you probably have no problem taking care of them at all it's easy I mean it's hard but like it's easy you know (laughs) health is love And to love my body is to feed it good things and feel good. Um, I need to start showing up for my body again in a new way. Food today isn't just food anymore. Okay, we hear this all over the place. But like, listen to me when I say this. Food today isn't just food anymore. We need to pay attention to what we're putting into our body. There are so many unseen things in it. From when it's growing or being made or farmed or processed or whatever the type of food you eat. Tuna, for example. This is a big one. We talk about tuna all the time. It's no longer just tuna. When you put tuna in your mouth, it's no longer just tuna. It comes packed, jammed full with heavy metals and toxins for your body. Yes, it tastes great. Yes, I love sushi. Yes, I love eating it. And yes, it's... it's, it's way fucking easier to pretend that it's just super healthy fat and protein in there. But it's not. It's, it, it, it has bad stuff in it. But unfortunately, that is not the case. Like, that's not the dialogue that people... We, like, pretend that it's everything's fine. Like, I can't see it, so I don't believe it. And this goes for a lot of food out there that I'm eating. So I turn my back on it because... It's convenient or because people tell me to like live a little and how many times have you heard that from friends? Just come on, live a little. Don't be so rigid and uptight. And you know, I, my, one of my like mottos in life is to go with the flow. So like, I'm like, yeah, I'm just going to go with the flow here. Even when I know that I'm flowing down this like sludgy, disgusting river of shit, you know? That's not the freaking flow that I want. Anyways, (laughs) we all know this. You know, I know, we all know that food isn't just food anymore. Okay? But we have this denial system in us that convinces us that it's okay to continue to eat the way we eat, even when we feel sick. The, The key word is here, when we feel sick. You know? The truth is, I eat food. I ate certain food and then I would feel like shit. Uh, But then I'd eat them anyways. I knew what foods kind of made me feel like shit and then I ate them anyways. Uh, I don't believe that food should make you feel that way. 
and I'm I'm pretty I'm pretty darn healthy to begin with. I haven't drank pop, for example, uh, of any sort, not even a sip in like over four years. Nor have I eaten at any fast food restaurant since like 2010. Fast food, zero percent fast food in my life, uh, because I believe that that's fake food, and I feel like shit. I want to take a nap. I feel disgusting after I eat it, even though it tastes delicious for like two seconds. It's a hard no for me now, because uh, I'm tired and I get moody. Uh, and they're just, there's a feeling of unwellness in me. So those were kind of easy ones to cut out for me. Some of the other ones are, are a bit more challenging. And yes, I do want to live a little. So, however, I want to live feeling good. And I believe that many, many listeners out there are experiencing the same sort of difficulty, this like battle, you know. And it's not the end of the world fatigue that I'm experiencing right now. It's like this low-grade battle of energy that I face. The fatigue talk is even classified as normal these days. It's justified. We have so much on our plates. But I think it's like more than that. And it goes deeper. And I know that I'm rambling a little bit here. But I think it's important for everyone to question what they're putting into their bodies. I'm like motivated here for this. I'm really motivated. Um... And it's been 15 days of, of eating super clean, like a really clean diet with no cheats. Um, and it's like starting to affect me really positively. And I realize that everyone's different. So what works for me might not work for you. I'm not pressuring everyone to do this like extreme shit that I'm doing. But I don't know, maybe start questioning. Because I think what we do have in common is the ability to question our behavior and our ability ability to change it we have a choice we're the pilots of our lives and we need to take responsibility for it so my breakup has inspired me to shift my focus to not only heal my mind and my emotions but also my body uh so yeah i began these human trials (laughs) i don't know why i refer to this i'm i'm doing this human trial on myself okay uh i did this like So yeah, I started the liver detox. I cut out all the crap. I'm eating all kinds of delicious vegetables and fruits. Um, I'm eating animal protein only one meal right now. Um, Some brown rice, some quinoa, maybe some oats. I might start eating some oats, some like non-GMO gluten-free oats for breakfast. My sister does that and she loves it. Um, I don't know. I have this like anti-oat feeling in my body. It's weird. Um, That might change. I don't know. Maybe I'll start in Bali. So I'm going to Bali. Um, Anyways, uh, so after 15 days of this like cleanse, if you want to call it that, um, which I'm planning on doing 90 days, by the way, and considering a full year, depending on what I find out in this trial. But I'm going to, because I am, my, my goal is to get back to having a highly efficient, highly functional liver uh, and body. Okay. I'm going to get back to feeling great every day. By the way, I did this extreme extreme diet once before. I did it from 2012 to 2013. Not exactly one year. I think I started like April to April. Um, I was super clean for an entire year. Uh, and I have never felt better in my body. That year, I just like... I keep having these feelings and memories from that year and, and how good I felt. That is like the honest to God truth. I've never felt better. And with the focus on improving digestion and liver health these past two weeks, I can say that I'm already seeing some massive changes. My skin, for example, is so soft. It's glowing. People are looking at my face and they think it glows. Like they say, I look so beautiful and happy. and there's like no no other reason for that. Like people are just like, wow, you just look so great right now. And I'm like, thanks. <laughs> um, I have substantially less bloating. I feel super satiated when I eat. And that's a big one for me because the food I was eating before never like fully satisfied my hunger. I have like friends who like take a few bites and they're like, ah, I don't want to eat anymore. Even though it's like the most delicious thing. I'm like licking the plate. I eat everything off the plate. And like, I'd still always be like a little bit hungry. Like I could have a little bit more, but I'm like, no, that's good. Yeah, I'm full too. Not. (laughs) And like, 
that feeling disappeared about a week ago. So like a weekend, uh, I would I would put food on my plate and sometimes I couldn't even finish it. I was like satiated. So so yay. Uh, but also my palate's completely changed. Fruits and vegetables are like so so sweet. They taste incredible. Uh, I ate a banana yesterday and I thought I was like eating a candy. It was like eating one of those banana candies. It was like so so good. I can really taste the sweet. I can really taste the natural salts and things as well. Um, I forgot how good this food can taste, you know? It's one of those things that you need to try to clean up your food choices in order to like really believe it. You need to try it. You need to try to cut out all the crap and then like really taste what food tastes like because our tongues, our palates really change from the process, processed foods. Um, now I realize that I do have a long road to walk down here or run down. I haven't decided. Um, I realize that it isn't going to be the easiest thing to do, but I know many people have my back. Uh, just like seeing people that I run into, they're like, oh my God, you look so great. What are you doing? And I'm like, well, this, and they're inspired. Um, but more, most importantly, I have my own back. And, you know, if you want to make change in your life too, I have your back too. Like, let's talk about it. I'm here for you. You can do it. You just need to decide how you want to feel in your life and start aligning your choices for your body and for your mind and for your emotions around that. Start mapping it out. You know, one choice at a time. Mine started with five minutes of meditation, literally that night on the 31st, five minutes of meditation. And now look where I am. Look how I'm showing up for myself. I feel like awesome. I feel so much better, so much more clear, so much less brain fog, more energy every single day. I'm sleeping amazing. Um, and it's, and it's amazing. And if you're in a place of judgment over what I'm doing right now, that's okay too. You know, some people are like, there's no, there's no fucking way I could ever do this. I keep swearing too. Sorry about that. My mom's going to be mad. <laughs> uh, you know, your road might look different than mine. We're all different. However, maybe a good starting place for you would be to ask yourself where your resistance is coming from. Like why, if you feel shitty, do you want to continue doing the same thing? It's hmm? a good question. Now, as for Michael, uh, as for where we are today, because I realized this part, this podcast started with my breakup and it's now evolved into how the frick I'm now taking care of myself, which is amazing. Uh, so I'll just give you like a little update. We are talking. Uh, in fact, we've had several great uh, conversations, deep, intimate conversations about life and what we want our lives to look at. We are not together. However, the door may not be completely closed right now. There is always a possibility for growth. Um, I'm taking things day by day. I'm setting new boundaries. Uh, I'm going with the flow, like on, on the positive flow of life. <laughs> um, and that's all I can say about that right now. That's all I want to say about that. Um, things have definitely shifted into a much more positive place for me within my mind. I feel like I'm taking care of myself in a very positive way. It's really working for me. Um, however, I will also add, in many ways, I am grateful for this experience. You know, the whole breakup and all included over the holidays, over this like crazy stressful time. Yes, it sucked. Yes, I thought I was gonna actually die of a broken heart at one point. I thought I was gonna die. But yes, it also opened the door for me to grow and heal. And that's a beautiful thing. And I have a lot of gratitude about that. Um, that is everything. And I observed myself, I observed myself fall deep into the depths of hell. And I also observed myself crawl back out of it. Like how powerful is that? How fucking amazing is that? Okay. So for the next few podcasts this month, this year, I'm going to continue to update you guys a little bit on my health journey. I'm going to update you on how my body is feeling and how I'm detoxing more and supporting my liver and how my liver is benefiting me. I'm really focused on my liver right now. I read the medical medium book. Has anyone ever read that book? Oh, it really spoke to me. I'm really focusing on it. Um, 
I'm looking forward to this experiment. Like I said, it's just an experiment. I'm trying to love myself differently and this is what it looks like right now. And I can already feel massive changes. I'm letting go of toxins in my body and in my mind. Like that voice, that toxic voice is really settled settled down and I feel just so much more clear minded these days. I, like I said earlier, I'm going to go to Bali. I leave on January 29th, which is in exactly two weeks from today, which is super freaking amazing. And I'm really looking forward to this solo mission trip. Uh, I have a feeling it's going to be a little bit of like an eat, pray, love experience. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, shit. I'm so excited. Um, uh, I'm going to be podcasting from there because I have I'm there for a month. I'm going to Bali for a month, you guys. Woo! So stay tuned, uh, subscribe to my show, follow me on Spotify and make sure that you keep up to date with all of my health tips. Um, I have some health, a health professional I'm actually bringing on the show. It's she's, she's on the show on the 29th, the day that I leave. It's going to be really epic. I'm so excited, um, for this lady to come on. I'm not going to spoil it. Um, she's from the U S and, uh, it's an episode that you won't want to miss. So make sure you subscribe. Um, okay. That being said, oh, thank you so much for holding space for me to share all of that. Ah, uh, it's a great day to be alive. I feel like good things are coming my way. I feel I have so much gratitude and appreciation. I appreciate the little things right now. I appreciate my observations and my awareness and I appreciate this moment, this moment shared with you. I, I, I'm just, I love it. I love you. (laughs) And I think that's all I want to say for now. So if you haven't done so yet, please go to Apple podcasts and subscribe, rate, and leave a review of my show. Screenshot this right now. Screenshot this on your phone and tag me in your IG stories. It means a lot to me to know that you're listening. Thank you all so, so much. Have the best day, everyone. Until next time.